We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, what up, what up? Welcome in to another edition of Green with Envy. As always, this is your boy Will. We are checking in. How you doing? How you living? Joining me as he does each and every time, my best friend, co-host, and the po- coach of our podcast, the one and only Greg Manakis, back at it for another late night Celtics edition here after a unfortunate defeat to the Sixers, but we'll get into it. What's poppin' G? Yo, man, it's weird. Uh, after doing the Bleacher Report stream that we did the other day, like not having the producers talking in our ear, not having a full 30-minute production meeting before the pod, uh, it's a little different. But Bleacher Report was really cool the other day, man. Yeah, man. For those of you that that haven't seen it, um, the three-man weave, myself, Greg, Adam, uh, we had a chance to do a spot on the Bleacher Report app, uh, kind of previewing the Celtics' path back to the nba finals it was really cool uh it was awesome shout out to our bleacher report crew that hooked us up had them in the air we had a little sheet going made sure that we stayed on time interacting with the chat it was a it was a really fun time i will say the only thing that always freaks me out a little bit is the view that they use on that i feel like man they're they're right up in our grill here and i feel like you know especially you and i and adam as well too uh, we're so used to kind of the setups that we have at our houses. Like you have that, that, you know, you have your sound studio behind you with kind of the checkered and then plus like the Boston backdrop. I've got, you know, Dave Chappelle's prints. I've got a couple other portraits behind me. Adam's got like, sometimes he's got that, like, you know, I, I'm going to say this in like a basketball sense, that sexy green light that comes on, you know what I mean? Like the, he's got the mood set this one, a little bit up close here. And it's like a little bit to the right. Yeah, we had to left. like make sure that our heads were aligned and everything. <laughs> it was cool though. I learned a lot. Go uh, back, go back. I don't like yeah, that. No, that, that's cool. Hopefully we can um do some more more live streams for Bleach Report. But that was I mean, dude, I couldn't believe that we got that opportunity. It was awesome. Um shout out to Adam, shout out to Bleach Report for hooking that up and hopefully we're doing more of those live streams moving yeah. forward. Sounds like there's a possibility, so Fingers yeah, crossed. it was a good time. So we'll uh, we'll keep y'all posted. You know, stay connected with Green MV Pod. Stay connected with my personal Twitter, Greg's personal Twitter. Y'all are probably already on Adam's Twitter. We know Adam's carrying the crew when it comes to the Twitter following here. So uh, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. That was a good time. And you know, now Greg, you know, we, we previewed it 
on that Bleacher Report stream of what that path looked like and where we started was, are the Celtics still going for that onesie? Do they have a shot? Well, we kind of we said this on the last pod. We said it on the Bleacher Report stream. We got to kind of let the cards see where they see where they are at the end of tonight. Well, mm-hmm. we know where they are now. The Bucks beat the Wizards. The Celtics fall to the 76ers. So at this point, it feels like the one seed is is kind of a done deal. And now it's all about just kind of securing that two seed. So that's that's where we are right now. We're gonna we're gonna do a check in around the league here in a little bit, but. That seems like, you know, this this is going to be a night that that tells us where the rest of this week is going. Yeah, and I'm cool with that, man. You know, it was a long shot for the Celtics to get the one seed. It's pretty much impossible at this point now. So, you know, we sat uh, Jalen and Rob tonight. It, it seemed like they're, they were probably going to stagger some guys. So I would imagine tomorrow you might not see Tatum in the game. You might not see Horford. Um so it, it makes sense. This is probably long-term the best thing for the Celtics that they get the, get this rest. Obviously, you want that one seed. But we've shown throughout the season, you know, I think we're something like 25 and 17 or something like that on the road this year. Um, we're we're really good road team. Would that end up at 41? I think we play 41 games on the road. So around that, 24 and 17, something like that. So the Celtics were great on the road. We showed last year in big games we could win on the road. I'm not worried about going on the road and winning. I'm worried about this team being healthy. So JB, he definitely looked a little ginger in the last game that we were playing. Rob obviously has been an injury concern all year. So having them sit tonight in a game that did have some stakes to it, ultimately um, I think it's going to be okay for the Celtics. Yeah, well, with that said, let's let's hop into a morning box score here, and let's talk about the game tonight, and then we'll look ahead at the bigger picture. So let's go ahead, let's cue it up, got ourselves morning box score. Philadelphia 76ers take down the Boston Celtics 103-101, to and honestly, Greg, it was basically a one-man wrecking crew out there tonight, the potential MVP of the NBA Joel Embiid just dominant tonight, 52 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks, all of this while going 20 of 25 from the field and 12 of 13 from the free throw line. He had a little bit of help from James Harden who knocked in 20 and PJ Tucker, man. Hey, I I was talking a little bit of shit on Twitter and PJ Tucker came in and he Grant Williams does. He Grant Williams does (laughs) that last fourth quarter, knocked down three big threes. He had 11 points for the Celtics. Let's go over here. Pretty spread out effort for the Celtics tonight. Derek White actually really led the way with 26 points to go along with seven rebounds and four assists. Jason Tatum, 19 points, six rebounds, six assists, three steals, filling up the stat sheet. Marcus Smart, 17 points, four rebounds, four assists, and 18 points off the bench for Malcolm Brogdon. As you mentioned, no Rob Williams. No Jalen Brown. The Rob Williams news came early enough in the day today that it made me think a little bit that that this was more, not, not I mean, it is injury management, but that it was more planned in the sense that we don't want to have both Rob and Al sitting the same time tomorrow when they play against the Raptors because I know they still need you know with this loss now they still need to win at least another game or two to make sure they lock up that home court for the uh, for the second round of the playoffs so it felt like that was a bit strategic you talked about your feelings on on them being out but you look to this game tonight it it was just Joel Embiid Joel Embiid Joel Embiid 
Yeah, and we only have to win one more game, right? That's it. So it's either a Sixers loss or a Celtics win, and and that's it. The magic yeah. number is one. But yeah, Embiid was amazing, dude. You know, there, there's been a lot of every single game, seemingly, every podcast you listen to, it's reactionary, it's in the moment. So one game, you know, after the Celtics blow out the Bucks, it's, oh, Giannis can't win the MVP now. And then Giannis beats Embiid and has a great game. And it's, oh, Embiid can't win the MVP now. And then Embiid has this in his last nationally televised game. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to talk tomorrow on podcasts like, oh, maybe Joel Embiid is the MVP because he put up 52 in a big game. You know, like, it, 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 Embiid was awesome. And it's okay that um, Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic have all been awesome this season. Dude, that was like as fully realized of a Joel Embiid performance as you could ask for, though, man. He was hitting everything. He was completely unstoppable. The only guy who stopped him even for a possession was Blake Griffin when he stripped him on that one play. Everything else, Embiid just dominated Horford. He dominated uh, Grant Williams, Luke Cornett. Oh, my gosh. Poor Luke got dunked into oblivion. I thought Luke was going to get Chris Dudley'd. You know that clip <laughs> yeah, of Shaq oh, where he, where he yeah where he shoves Dudley and then <laughs> Dudley has the funniest reaction ever throwing the ball off off Shaq's back. I thought that was about to happen to Luke Cornett on that. I mean, just the spin move. I mean, Joel was just amazing tonight. And the thing was, there were stretches of this game where I mean, the Celtics were doubling on him just about as much as they could. And you saw at the end of the game, I mentioned it when I was going through you know the the recap there. You know, PJ Tucker knocked down three really big shots that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been very reluctant to shoot all year. He shot five times in this game. Three of them were in that fourth quarter when he knocked down those corner threes. And, you know, that that's what the Sixers are going to need if they're going to beat the Celtics. If they're going to be, you know, fulfill whatever potential people have have talked about this team having, which when you have a Joel Embiid, you, of course, always have a certain ceiling that you can get to with a guy who can do what he did. But there were a lot of possessions where... I mean, this guy was hitting fallaways, you know, free throw line extended with two big guys and a defensive player of the year biting him on the armpit. And he was just hitting them without even a second thought. Like it, it was to your point. This is the most realized version of Joel Embiid in a single game that I think I've ever seen, especially because, you know, this wasn't a good game. This, this to me was an example of why I don't necessarily believe in Philadelphia because I didn't think his supporting cast was going to support him enough for them to get that win. And, you know, usually in games like this in the past, this is where we've seen Embiid run out of steam. He, mm-hmm. he didn't run out of steam in this one. Now, can he do it over seven games? I still have that question, which is a big reason why I'm a little bit suspect, yeah, suspect of the, of the Philadelphia 76ers. But... Tonight, there there was no issue with that stamina, and from from tip to final buzzer, he was just awesome. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and if you're a Sixers fan, though, you, you probably don't feel good after this game. Even Embiid, if you listen to his post-game interview, he, he seemed kind of dejected that they He said almost, it wasn't good enough. He said yeah, this it wasn't good enough from us. Absolutely. And it was not good enough. The fact that we were playing without Jalen Brown and Robert Williams and he had to drag them to a victory and then they almost collapsed down the stretch where the Celtics almost pull out the victory when, you know, from the jaws of defeat there. Um, And I think that with uh, Tobias Harris being Tobias Harris, two for eight in 35 minutes, just like absolute no show. He did. I, I told you he plays good defense on Tatum, though. He had some good possessions on Tatum. Um, PJ Tucker took four of his five shots in the fourth quarter. One of those was that air ball right at the end of the shot clock. And then he hits three threes in a row. So the Celtics are going to live with that. Tyrese Maxey didn't have a good game. Like they need Maxey to step up. And then James Harden hit some timely threes. But for the most part, did you notice James Harden out in the court for yeah. them? You know, I mean, like, he had he, 10 he assists. That so, I mean, he had 10 assists, so they worked that two man game, but that's going to happen. You know, yeah, that, I mean, he's passing the ball to Joel Embiid. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like that fall away is just a, a pass from James Harden. That's that, that's where that's coming from. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I feel, you know, it's, and this is the other big point, right? You mentioned Celtics only need to win one, win one more, have the Sixers lose one more, and we're good to go in that two seed. Celtics win the season series three to one. It's still a three to one season series victory for the Celtics on the night. And so, you know, it's it's really weird. Joel Embiid has probably his MVP defining performance. But I think as I was watching that game, I felt reinvigorated in my stance that this team doesn't scare me. It's yeah, it just it is what it is. Like I we were texting with one of our buddies here and I said season six. And honestly, there's a part of me that believes it's season five. But I you see what Joel Embiid did tonight. I'll give him two. I'll give them two of those. And, you know, but I would lean more of the Celtics being able to beat this team in five than I would say that this that the series would even go to seven. Let's just look at Embiid's shot chart real quick, because this is just insane. Just like you got to appreciate greatness when you see it. Oh, for sure. He's he's unbelievable. It's not it's not him that I'm doubting by any stretch of the imagination. But he the, the thing about Embiid is he always gets the ball in his spots, right? He's always getting the ball right there at the nail. And when he gets the ball at the nail, that for those of you that are watching, right, the nail is literally right in the middle of the free throw line. So this is where Joel Embiid gets the ball on, I would say, at least 40% of his possessions, especially off the pick and roll action there. And they just throw it to him at the nail, and he just does whatever he wants. Um, Grant Williams did his best to body up on him, but... When you body up an Embiid, he now has that counter spin off of your mm-hmm. force that you're putting on his body. And as you saw, he did that a couple times tonight. He was just unbelievable, dude. And I think, you know, this is probably what the Sixers are going to max out with this year. They're going to have a Joel Embiid MVP performance, but they're not going to do anything, right? They're not going to beat us in a seven-game series. They, they're they going to get it out of the first round. Like They're probably going up against the net, so we'll yeah, definitely see broke. them in the second round. But they're not going to beat us. The only way that they beat us is if we have injury uh, issues or if somehow Tobias Harris learns how to play basketball in the role that they have him in. It's not going to happen. And so that's a big point, right? Like, no Jalen Brown tonight. No Rob Williams. And I wouldn't particularly say that this was a great Celtics game. They shot 41.8% from the field. They shot 33.3% from three. They missed, not including the intentionally missed Marcus Smart free throw. They missed four free throws in the fourth quarter. Like, this wasn't a pristine game. Jason Tatum, you know, got off to a hot start and then kind of really sizzled out. 
give credit to Tobias Harris. Like you said, Tobias Harris did play solid defense. Uh, you know, but I mean, Derek White was having a great game. Malcolm Brogdon was 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 having a really nice game off the bench. But but overall, this wasn't a game where you know the Celtics were were, were hitting everything, and they were right there. They were right there without potentially an All NBA guy in Jalen Brown, an All Defensive guy in Rob Williams, and so it's really hard in a game that Philly fought tooth and nail with their best lineups to walk away from this and say, I feel, you know, scared about this team. I just can't. It's just, I, I don't know that there's a world to feel that way, but, but let's focus on the Celtics here for a second. Cause I do have a question that I want to pose to you. I mentioned briefly here, Malcolm Brogdon, who I saw a question in the chat here. Yes, I do think Malcolm Brogdon's going to win sixth man of the year. Been on that stump for a while. Greg and I's uh, future, future finances may or may not depend on it. Not, not, not the point of this where I'm going right now. But Malcolm Brogdon plays a nice game tonight. Seven of 16, 18 points. Derek White was, was awesome. Call the florist. Get more flowers. It's, it's Derek White night again. Just because he's, he's just fucking awesome. I love Derek White. He makes me smile every single night. But here's the question I asked for you. Tonight, who would have been the two guards between Marcus Smart, Derek White, and Malcolm Brogdon? Who were the two guards that you would have went with down the stretch if you were Joe Missoula? I, I had no problems with Missoula's lineup down the stretch. Um, I thought Marcus was pretty good all night. I thought he made um, you know, he made life difficult on James Harden. I thought he played a pretty good floor game. He didn't try to do too much. Um, I agreed with most of his decision making down the stretch. Like obviously Marcus is gonna look to push the ball at times, maybe where you don't want him to push the ball, but things work out when Marcus Smart is on the floor. And you know, I haven't had an issue with Marcus since the last like two weeks or so. I think Marcus mm -hmm. has actually been playing really good ball. And if Marcus is playing really good ball, then he deserves to be on the court. Um, Brogdon, you know, he, he was good tonight. He, he had his moments. Um, he wasn't really, I don't know, man. He, there were some times with Brogdon where he just doesn't see the floor like at all. And I think mm -hmm. tonight was one of those nights where he got a little tunnel vision. And I think Joe saw that, that he just wasn't finding open guys. And, you know, he did his thing. I thought Brogdon did a good job while he was on the court but we need a little bit more defense and smarts, a better defender. And I thought smart was, he, I thought he, he played a better floor game than Brogdon did tonight. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I thought there was a couple decisions that, that Marcus had that offensively, I probably didn't 100% agree. I don't think it was one of those games where it jumped out to me. Like, man, we got to get Marcus off the court. It certainly wasn't that. So I'm not trying to intimate that, but I was thinking at, at certain points, what would I prefer? Derek White is the easy answer. He, he was going to be on the court, right? Tonight. Yeah, he was. He was awesome. He was. He was. He was the easy answer. But it, it more just got me back to thinking. To the, when we've had this conversation before, right? And maybe tonight wasn't the night that it needed to be a change. But out of those three, when Joe needs to make the decision for two of those three to be on the court, we know he'll he's fine sitting Brogdon. We've seen up until you know what three weeks ago when he seemed like now Derek White is not coming off the court, but he was comfortable pulling Derek White off the court towards the end of the game, even if he remained him as the starter, as he's been for, for most of the season. But it still left me wondering just if that would be a move Joe would go to. And once again, I don't know if tonight was that night. Um, I think Marcus was really good on defense. I thought offensively there was a few questionable choices from from Marcus Martin. Not enough that it was Can you, was can you think of any like particular ones? I like There weren't any that jumped off the screen at me. Uh, just a couple of him. Uh, there was one. There's a couple of his shot selections that I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, this is probably a little bit earlier in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then I'm trying to think. There was. There was. I'd have to go back. And I mean, it's, it's right after the game, so I'm trying to think of 
um, a few of the other ones, just some of his driving decisions or pushing the tempo and maybe the wrong spots. Uh, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't so abysmal that I was yelling at the TV to get Marcus out, mm-hmm. but it crossed my mind that hey, this is still something that I'm curious if Joe Missoula is going to feel comfortable going with a white Brogdon because that's when the Celtics made that run right towards the mm-hmm. end of the third quarter into the with fourth. him beat off the court. And beat off the court. That is that is big. And Marcus is a big part of that. And his defense was really good tonight. So I understood leaving Marcus. But it just made me think, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it, as to do we think that Missoula, if and when that time comes, there has been moments this season where we think that he should have done that, mm-hmm. that he'll be willing to do that. Because I just haven't seen it where he's been willing to just go white Brogdon and keep Marcus off. It's always been kind of white or Brogdon that is the, that's on the chopping block. Yeah, um, I I don't know, man. I can't really answer for Joe. I, I did like how he put Hauser back in the game, although it was weird that Hauser hadn't played like the whole game and then he went to Hauser for a big shot. So I, I thought it was interesting that like he was willing to do that and he called a play for Sam Hauser mm-hmm. off of that um pet pet end of game action where he has Tatum in the backcourt. You know, they they kind of ran some counter action to that. So it's good to see them setting up in that with a, a different option out of that same format. But you know, like I don't know, man. Like Brogdon, I, I like Brogdon a lot, but there are some games where I, I disagreed with more of Brogdon's decision t- tonight than Smart. I thought Brogdon made a lot of terrible decisions tonight. So like I was actually happy when he came off the court because even early in the game, man, like Joe ended up taking Hauser out of the game after three minutes of action. But in my opinion, like Brogdon missed him on like three straight possessions mm-hmm. for wide open threes. And like I, I don't I didn't understand. Yeah, he does that kill the ball movement every every now and then. There was I know there was one specific moment I was, where he had Muscala to his right and he just paused with it and then ended mm-hmm. up going one on one. So you are right that there are definitely those times. And that's that's where, you know, we've gone back and forth on the Brogdon wrinkle where sometimes you need that wrinkle. Right. Mm-hmm. You need that a third guy that can just say, oh, I'll go one on one and get a bucket and I'll create in my own way, which is different from the flow of what's happening. But other times you need to be in that flow. You need to be in that flow state and continue that rhythm. So I, I do see I do agree with that. It was more just just a question for as we look forward. Yeah. You know, is that well, something that could happen? I think as a Celtics fan. You, you want Marcus Smart to be playing so good that he can't come off the court, right? Because Marcus Smart is that important to this team that if Marcus is playing like his best basketball, he 100% deserves to be in the closing five. It's just that he hasn't been great this year. But if Marcus is trending in the right direction, I'm cool with having him out on the court to end games because he, he's been much better on defense. He's important in this matchup against the Sixers. And I thought he played a good game tonight. But I, I would be open to, as I've said before, in the right matchup on the right night, having Marcus on the bench. And yeah. if he doesn't have it, that's why you have Malcolm Brogdon. That's why you have Derek White. Agreed. And, you know, overall, this conversation right now, I think, speaks to the depth and versatility of the Celtics. And when you look at them and the Sixers, I just think there's more options. We didn't even, like we said, once again, no Jalen Brown, no Robert Williams. This game was, you know, close all the way through. Celtics nearly come back and pull it out. Took a 52.80% shooting night from Joel Embiid for the Sixers to get their one win against the Celtics for the regular season. So if you're a Celtics fan, it's got to leave you feeling good heading into what could be a potential second round matchup with the Sixers. But with that, it's a busy night here in the NBA. So we're going to take a quick break and then let's let's take a look at some of the games that are going on right now and how they're shaping the standings around the league. All right, Greg. So mentioned it right at the top here. The the race for the one seed is effectively dead. Uh basically 
the only route in which the Celtics can get this now is they win out and the Bucks lose out. So I would not expect that to happen. Doesn't mean it's impossible. Weirder things have happened, but uh, it seems like that route is potentially dead as they were able to beat the Wizards tonight, one forty to one twenty eight. Couple other, I'm just going to read through a couple notable Eastern Conference. Sorry, in the Eastern Conference here, just a couple Eastern Conference notable outcomes tonight. The Hawks beat the Bulls one twenty three to one hundred five. Big play in implications for that potentially trickling down to the Celtics. We had the Timberwolves beat the Nets. That's what we got to come back to here. Timberwolves beat the Nets one hundred seven to one hundred two. Cavs beat the Magic one seventeen to one thirteen. In that same Nets vein, the Heat beat the Pistons tonight. 118 to 105 and the Raptors take down the Hornets 120 to 100. So what that leaves us with Greg Celtics right now looking likely to be pretty secure in that two seed a little bit of work to go like we talked about at the front here right now we're still looking at seven seed Miami eight seed Atlanta nine seed Toronto 10 seed Chicago but it's getting tight it's getting tight looks like Chicago's probably going to end up in that 10 seed but Brooklyn's only a game ahead of the Heat right now. So we go into these last couple of games here. Brooklyn's got one game up, so the the hope... And the tiebreaker, I think. And they have the tiebreaker, right. Mm -hmm. So that is one of the biggest hurdles to this. But the dream of Brooklyn falling to seven still, however slightly, still alive. Still alive here, uh, but does look like Miami. It's likely going to be Miami in that seven spot. And then Atlanta and Toronto, who are... The two opponents the Celtics are going to finish the season out with, they're really battling for that 8-9 seed. And being the 8 versus being the 9 is a pretty big difference with this play-in tournament. Yeah, it's huge. Um, if you end up in the 9-10, right, you have to win two games uh, in order to make it to the playoffs. So if you end up in the 7-8, you only have to win one because you can theoretically lose your first one. Then you get a home game in the second exactly. game. The home game in the second one is big, too. Absolutely. So I think the Heat, you know, I, I still expect them to end up with that seven seed. Um, I think the Nets have a pretty easy schedule. If you want to look that up as I'm talking here, I, I think their schedule is pretty easy down the stretch. And then, you know, a Heat Hawks matchup, I think, is probably a, a pretty good outcome for the Celtics because we know we can beat the Heat. They're not fun to play, but I'm not scared of them. I just like don't want to play them in the playoffs. And then I feel like we match up really well against the Hawks. You know, I'm not scared of Trey Young. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of DeJounte Murray. I think their backcourt's just too small. And their their wings aren't versatile enough to do anything with us. Although um, my guy Okongwu has been playing really good basketball of late. You know, I love Okongwu. I think he needs to be on the court more for them. Um, if the Raptors slide in there at the eight spot, then, you know, Heat Raptors, um, if the that's Raptors, an, that's an interesting playing game. If you get the it, Heat Raptors, and I would like to see that playing game. I think that would be a lot of fun. But I do not want to see the Raptors in the first round. Man, they're just they're they're too big, they're too athletic, and they're going to cause too much of a problem for Tatum and Brown. Where like I don't think they need all of those like all that wear and tear like going up against the heat you get a lot of tyler hero on the court (laughs) you know like against the raptors there's not a tyler hero that you can just target all the time they have all these tough gritty guys i'll take a hero and struce over ananobi and barnes yeah all day and siakam like all day every day like i don't want anything to do with the raptors wings i still think we beat the raptors pretty easily but i just don't want to see the Celtics struggle to that degree against those wings in the first round yeah, on that on that net that I was just looking that up, they have the Pistons tomorrow and then the Magic Friday before wrapping up their season uh, against the Sixers. So with those Pistons Magic matchups and likely the Sixers being 
should at this point at that point we should know Celtics and 76ers if there's anything left to play for they could potentially have three games left with teams that don't really have much incentive to win so Brooklyn should likely stay in that 60 but real quick right we gotta we gotta talk about it. so last last episode you had a great question we did a little play in draft rookie of the year belt no Scotty Barnes what's the deal what you mean you didn't pick Scott Scotty Barnes is your boy we had 15 picks and you didn't even take him. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and to be fair, we, a commenter called this out. Not even me or Adam. A commenter put, put this in there. They're like, what about Scotty Barnes? And you're like, I don't know. That's Greg's boy. Yeah. I, I'd have to look back at the five that I drafted. But if I think back to the the team that I had, like, I don't know where Scotty Barnes fits on my team. <laughs> right? He's a tough fit, right? He's a tough He's fit. A- I, I, I thought about him for my team briefly, either as my sick – well, actually – it was 18 picks because none of us picked up for a six man either. So 18 picks, no Scotty Barnes. Uh, it, but, he, you know, he's such a unique player that it's as good as he is when you're building a team. It's not necessarily the if, if it's not the first place you go, it's hard to find when is the right time to go to him in that team building mode. Right. Yeah. And, you know, what was interesting is nobody took Zion either. Like they're the chance of Zion being there for, yeah, for the I just I, I got to get on the court, man. Like I, I just I can't do it anymore. Like you bullied me into putting him like 11th in our preseason, <laughs> you know, players. And he was playing like it when he, and was, he, was. When he was healthy. It was, but he does it for 25 games a year. Like yeah. I just I can't do it. I can't do it anymore, man. But, you know, fun night around the league here. Still got some games going on right now. Some late. Uh, West Coast games that are still taking place. Lakers currently up on the Jazz. Thunder up on the Warriors. I'm not going to get into this because you guys are going to know the results by the time you hear this here, but some good late-night basketball. Uh, So for the rest of the week here for the Celtics, they have a back-to-back. So as you're listening to this, they'll be getting ready to play the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday night. They'll have a day off. Another game against the Raptors on Friday night. All at home. Yeah, all of us at home. That was the final away game of the year. So that's really nice is that really from – Man, this is going to be a long stretch at home for the Celtics here when you think about About it because they're going back from Wednesday. They won't play the first round of the playoffs until a week from either Saturday or Sunday, and then they'll have those first two games at home. So basically two straight weeks at home for the Celtics to get healthy, to get right. Uh, Looks like after tonight, they're probably going to fall into that two seed. And the path that we laid out on Bleacher Report, I I think that's going to be the path that the Celtics are taking here to try to get back to the finals. Definitely. I think those two weeks at home are going to be great uh, for the guys just to rest up, get that home cooking, sleep in their own bed, and just get ready for the grind that is the playoffs, which is why I think we should rest, guys. You know, the the last three Mm -hmm. games, we rested Jalen tonight. Like maybe you find one more game for Jalen to sit. Um, maybe the last game of the season, like nobody really plays. Maybe that's yeah. a JD Davison game. Maybe that's a Sam Hauser goes for 40 game. Um, there, there's all these different options out there for the Celtics for that last game. But I think you probably want one more game. So the second game against the Raptors, just one final tune up with your playoff rotation, even if it's just for like three quarters. Um, I was going to say, if it's, it feels like the, you know, what is it usually the third out of the fourth preseason game or, or whatever, where it's, it's, yeah, it's like just for that half or three quarters, you're going, yo, this is our legit playoff rotation game plan. You guys are going to get one last taste of game action. And then you're on the shelf until we, we take the court a week or so from Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm, I'm expecting. You'll see a couple guys sit tomorrow. Like you won't see Horford 
tomorrow. You might not Maybe see not Tatum Brogdon. tomorrow. Maybe not Brogdon. And then the next game against the Raptors, we'll have everybody. And then the final game, I, I'm sure we probably won't play many, many people at all. Um, so that's kind of what I see. But one thing I want to talk about, dude, before we wrap up here. Yeah. You going to get the Tatum ones? Uh, they're pretty fly, man. I like Tatum's shoes. Tatum's Tatum's collection of shoes. I don't know. Are they all the Tatum ones? I guess I don't know. I know there's like the the pink lemonade ones or whatever else that. Yeah, I don't know. He, I don't know. How that, I don't is know how it how like that, the Tatum one pink lemonade? I don't version? know. I'm not. Yeah, a, neither I'm not of sure. us are sneaker guys. I don't know how that works. So I feel like at this point, I've seen four or five different pairs of of Tatum's. I don't know which ones are technically Tatum ones, uh, but most of them I've, I've liked so far. I've I've thought about. It. I haven't looked at it. I'm gonna guess the price is probably something I don't usually pay for sneakers. Mm-hmm. Not being a sneaker guy, but I also kind of want to support. So, uh, so I do think there's a chance I end up getting uh getting a pair of the either the Tatum ones or maybe I'll get I, I, the Tatum pink lemonades. Really stand out. I really like those ones. Yeah, I think I would probably hoop in the black and red ones the ones that are like the the classic tatum ones and yeah. then i would wear the the pink lemonade ones just like out socially yeah i agree with that Did you see the commercial they put out for it today it's great too? i love great it, commercial. it was Dude, a really, tatum, really tatum's commercial. got great pr yeah <laughs> i mean yo he's got brett hampton following him around right and then he's got you know he's got the he's got the pr squad man we know we had uh when we had amina on you know, several months. I don't know if this is before the season or in the beginning parts of the season. She was like, you know, every time uh, JT comes through, what is it, the jet blue walkway or runway when they they show them coming through the corridor, it ain't an accident. You know, he, he's he's got the setup, he's got the look, uh, and now you're seeing JT all over the place, man. He's got a Gatorade commercial, he's got Ruffles commercials. You know, J, JT's mainstream, man. He's got a sub. You know, he's a uh, he's, you know, he's he's a superstar, man. He's 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 there, man. He's he's getting there. And then this this postseason, if he goes on a run, like that's that's just cementing himself as I mean, he is kind of right now. So I was listening to was it the mismatch and they were talking a little bit about the new positionless all NBA that's gonna be starting, you mm-hmm. know, next year. And with Wemby coming in the league, right? There's a world where, you know, maybe two years from now, and, and you include Shea in this as well, too, where the first all where the all NBA team is just all foreign guys. I mean, we're counting Shea as a Canadian, but you know what I'm saying? But but it's all it's Luca, it's Wemby, it's Embiid, it's Yoke, it's Giannis, it's Shea. Like Jason Tatum is the is going to be the face of or maybe he already is the face of American basketball. You know, he has a claim at being the best American basketball player right now yeah i i would say he's probably a year or two away from that but yeah he's he's definitely he's, you, got, you still got steph i mean you got steph and kd is what i'm saying but the, yeah. but you, you got steph and kd who you still need to overtake and then it's kind of you know him john booker are the the three yeah they're the next generation to, to take over absolutely so that changing of the guards coming it's just it's, it's just a matter of time so maybe this is the postseason where it happens is kind of the point i'm getting to that this could be the catapult where you know he wins a championship, wins a Finals MVP, and it's this is your face of American basketball, Jason Tatum. Yeah, so if, if he wins the Finals MVP this year and he goes on like a summer long tour of just like proclaiming he's the best basketball player in the world, like Paul Pierce did, we would actually feel good about it. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> Paul Pierce is doing it. We're like, yeah, Paul, like you, you were on the best team, but you're not the best player in the world right now. Paul was guy. Paul was talking smack <laughs> about something the other day, and, and it made me think of that of, of when he did that, and I still remember because this was what the summer of 2008 when they won, and I remember I think I was a senior, is either a senior in high school or a freshman in college. 
can't remember. And I, but this is like when I used to, there was no podcast. Right. And so when that, when they won, you know, I think Twitter was still in like kind of its earlier stages. And so I was just like, man, I just, I need more content. I need to like, I, I I'm just so excited for this championship. I got to figure out what's going on. And so I think I was working a summer internship at the time. And I used to go out in the blistering heat, sit in my, you know, shitty RAV4, hopefully the AC was still working and just listen to whether it was WEI or sports hub or whatever. And I remember, I don't know if it was live or it was the day that he said it. I remember saying that and as excited as I was for the Celtics to have just won the championship, just started howling laughing in my car that Paul Pierce was proclaiming himself the best player in the world. It was like, bro, you ain't even the best player on your own team. That's Kevin Garnett. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's Paul though. That's why we love him. And that's why we're doing the, the truth of the week or whatever that new segment right. is. We're that's gonna right. Keep we're still workshopping it. Yeah. We're going to keep running that back. Uh, and that's, we're going to wrap it up here because we're going to keep running it back this week. We got some, some guests that are coming through. Uh, you know, we got the final end of the season coming up here. So three man, weave. we're going to have some more content for you. Maybe another coach's corner coming here in the, Definitely. in the near future. Oh, got yeah. a coach's corner coming up here. So make sure y'all are sticking with us at green MV pod across it all at green with MV pod. If you're looking for us on YouTube, unless you're watching right now, we appreciate y'all make sure you hitting that subscribe button. Uh, but that's going to do it for our episode today of green with envy. So Greg, let us know what we go here on the way out. For my podcast listeners, you are going to hear some music from my band down here in Austin, Texas. We are called Black Sheep Optimists, and this one is called Skywalking. Good night, everybody. Peace. Peace. I wish it that I never seen the stars in your eyes A glimpse of what I'm missing, thinking it's a mirage Ooh, you got me tripping and it's hard to describe But I stick for a minute cause I'm digging the vibe I like the way you're looking at the look in my eyes Don't be catching feelings when it's only a vibe Don't know what the deal is, I'm a typical guy You know the one thing different is the state of your mind I'm like, oh my, my, someone throw me a rope I'm getting too damn high, didn't know I could float You could call it a vibe, it's probably all that you wrote But I'll be doing that shit finally if I didn't have hope Cause you know that that embodied that's what go with the flow I can sing a different song if I cannot hit the notes You had me taking off when you took off your clothes It should be coming down by now But I won't Let's go.